Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. From NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Ruff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Truth and Justice. This is your Friday follow-up episode. We're on Season 9, Episode 10. And this episode was the case of the murder of Lacey and Connor Peterson. But in this week's main episode, the focus really was on the psychology of Scott Peterson, uh, who, as you know, was convicted and sentenced to death for Lacey and Connor's murders. Right now in the studio with me, it's just me and Zach. Say hi, Zach. Hi, Zach. <laughs> and uh, Mike's out editing. So j- just to give you guys a little heads up on this one, it's be a little bit different. My, we were going to take this week off uh, because we're out on vacation. Uh, Mike and I are gone this week. But because the main episode didn't really get too much into the case because it's covered so much about the psychology, that we wanted to go ahead and do a follow-up where we, we go through some of the details of the case we are um, a little bit hamstrung because we don't have any listener questions because the episode hasn't aired yet. We're recording this a week and a half ago when you're hearing it. So um, we're going to go through and basically go through some of the basic beats of the case. Zach's got some theories and things that he's researched. We're going to talk about that. So we're going to get right into the case of the murder of Lacey Peterson follow-up right after a break. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications, and that's why yesterday I knew that he did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so normally this is the part where Mike starts asking questions. So I, I really don't know how to start here. This okay. is uh, we're recording multiple episodes in a day, so we're trying to get through this. I just want to make sure everybody has the basics of the case, and especially some of the stuff Zach gets into because there is a crowd out there. Uh, myself and Doctor Scott both agree that our theory is that Scott Peterson is guilty, but what we didn't really get into were the theories out there, there is a group of people, there are people out there that believe that he could be innocent or some that believe that he surely is innocent. So we want to cover some of that too. 
so setting the scene for this, it's Christmas Eve, 2002 in Modesto, California. Lacey is 27 years old. She's eight and a half months pregnant. And it's from what I understand, it sounds like Scott really didn't want to be, didn't want to have a family like that. You know, it was kind of something that, and that that's something that's been said. I, I shouldn't say that's a fact because it's, we don't know that, but based on what he was telling his mistress, Amber Fry, and I don't use that term derogatory towards her because mm-hmm. she didn't know any better about what was going on. Um, that's not the life that he wanted to have. It didn't sound like, but so Lacey's eight and a half months pregnant. They already knew their unborn child was a boy and they had already named him Connor. And according to Scott that morning, Lacey gets up before him. He gets up and has some breakfast. She's sitting around watching Martha Stewart and she's, you know, watching an episode of where she's Baking cookies of some kind, mm-hmm. which comes back later, right? Some from some of the stuff that you have, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, originally prosecutors said that you know, and I think it was even presented to the jury that they looked at the Martha Stewart episode and she was not baking cookies in that episode. It was the day before, and therefore he's lying. Uh, but we have a little more info on that that came out later. So Scott says he leaves about nine thirty in the morning, and he had just bought a boat, which sounds like he didn't tell Lacey he bought a boat. Or according to Lacey's parents, she didn't know that he had bought the boat. Mm-hmm. And there's conflicting stories there, too, because, that, you know, that's what we hear is that Lacey didn't know that there was a boat. But then there's also stories that say that she was at the marina with him at a different point. Right. Well, and that's, was it the marina or he had like a, he had like a storage building, didn't he? Well, they, they said he was at the warehouse. They, they keep, they, the call warehouse. It, they call it the warehouse. Right. They said that she was there and they said that they've seen her at the marina. Okay. Take that for what you will. Right. And it, it, so it's a, it's a new boat. It's odd if we didn't drive that point home with Dr. Scott this week. The first thing that I found strange was what he had was a 14-foot aluminum boat. Which is small, especially for what he's planning to do with it. Right. So and you've been, so my boat mm-hmm. that we've been fishing on uh, last month, mm-hmm. it's the exact same boat. Okay. It's the exact same boat. So that is not a boat that you have set up. It's a very small boat. It is not made to go in the ocean. No, it's definitely for like inland lakes, little rivers. Right. And and so he says, that. well, at some point, first he says that he was going golfing. Mm-hmm. And then later he changes it to he was going to put his boat in the water. He wanted to test out his new boat on Christmas Eve when his wife's getting stuff ready for a Christmas dinner that they're going to be having. So he drives 90 miles away, takes his boat out goes out fishing for a couple hours and then comes back and gets home around five o'clock. She's, you know, Lacey's not there. Her car's in the driveway, her purse, her cell phone, her keys are all in the house. She's not home. He says he then goes take a shower and then eventually decides to call her mom. Mom hasn't seen her. Her stepdad calls 911 that she's missing. Takes a shower and washes his clothes. Right. Puts his clothes in the washing. Now, now the, the washing was that. Was that? Did he say that? That he did that? Yeah, and he said that that wasn't uncommon because normally he works at when he comes home from work. He works with chemicals, and it's it's very normal for him to take his clothes off, throw them in the washer, and start the washer because he has a pregnant wife at home and he doesn't want to contaminate. Right. Her. But that day wasn't working. He was supposedly just out fishing in the ocean. Yes, with his fourteen. But he foot, said he stunk. Fourteen foot boat. Right, which I thought that was strange too. So he says that. He did it because I had heard that, that he said that he did it because, you know, he had gotten wet and mm-hmm. he stunk from the fishing. 
He didn't say they caught any fish. Wasn't he fishing for something like sturgeon or something? See, I don't know what he was fishing for. Yeah. It, uh, anyway, so she's missing. The search begins. And then some of the weirdness that we were talking about on the show now cut to before this. He was Scott was having an affair with a woman named Amber Fry, who he had told that he was not married for a long time. And then two weeks before Lacey goes missing, he tells her, okay, I was married, but I lost my wife. So this is two weeks before she goes missing. So as she's missing, he's still continuing to contact Amber and act like everything is normal. Yeah. And at this point, Amber doesn't put together that her Scott Peterson is the same Scott Peterson. Right. And Scott, as we talked about in this week's episode, was... Like avoiding cameras like the plague. Yeah. I don't know if she lived under a rock or if she was just that naive to not realize it's one and the same. Yeah. Well, I wonder, did he give her, did she have his real last name? It, it sounded like she did. Yeah. From the stuff that I heard in the, the interviews I heard with her. Mm-hmm. I mean, she said that, like, I didn't realize that that was my Scott. Right. And I guess Scott Peterson isn't the most uncommon of names in a you know, place as big as the, you know, the San Francisco Modesto mm-hmm. area. But I think one thing about this case that we, I don't know if you touched on in the main episode, but that should be touched on is I think one of the big reasons this case blew up is it's right at the beginning of like the 24-hour news cycle. Right. Like this is kind of when that started, when there was news all the time and they were trying right. to fill space on the news. Yeah, because that really started after 9-11. Mm-hmm. You know, that wasn't really, there used to be, you'd watch the 6 o'clock news or the 10 o'clock news. Yeah. And that was it. It was after 9-11 that we started having this 24-hour. And, it, and it's not to say that it's not horrific and, and shouldn't be out there, but I think that's what really blew this case up. Is right. I think that because of that, you know, they're, they're continuing to provide content. There's, right. They're just pushing it out to media everywhere to try to build some content for themselves. Right. So Amber Fry is, is seeing these reports that this woman, Lacey Peterson, is missing. And her husband, Scott, she has a husband, Scott Peterson, not paying it any attention or putting two and two together. This couldn't possibly be my Scott because mm-hmm. my Scott is not married or he lost his wife a while ago. And I'm talking to him. Keep in mind, like he's calling her and talking to her. Eventually, she she finds it because eventually she does see him on the news, right? I think her friend gave her a newspaper article or something mm-hmm. that was like clearly like a picture of him. Right. And so now she knows she contacts police tells them what's going on and they convince her instead of confronting him to act as though she doesn't know anything and she allows them to tap her phone to record conversations with him Mm, which she does actually a really good job on her end because i feel like if that was me i'd be i mean i'm sure she was nervous but i wouldn't be that good of an actor yeah well and she's talked about that in some of the documentaries she's been on like it was so hard for her to hold it together she's heartbroken she's furious and she has to keep it together and pretend that she doesn't know anything and that's when we get into some of the behaviors that Dr. Scott – it should be noted, too, Zach also hasn't heard the episode that you guys have heard. Correct. It, has, it hasn't been edited yet. Yep, correct. Mike's in the other room editing it right now. But so Dr. Scott gets into some of those behaviors, like what he's doing. So the, one of the big ones was they in um, – I think it was like January. It was New Year's Eve, so December 31st. So mm. it's a, oh, she's been missing for a week. There's a big candlelight vigil, which Scott is, actually, is of course, at. And during the candlelight vigil – he he steps away and calls Amber, his mistress, during it and tells her that he's spending New Year's Eve in Paris and he's given this whole drawn out description of everything he's seeing and the fireworks and all this stuff that's happening and it's beautiful and he can't wait to see her again. He has no idea that she knows what's going on. 
and that the police have eyes on him at that moment and know that he's he's stepped away from the candlelight vigil to make that call. So he's done some things. He's doing some things that are making him not look so good during this process. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, Did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Then, as time goes on, I mean, it, it, it's three and a half months, I think, before the bodies finally wash ashore. Well, well so back up in the phone calls, and there's a recorder, you can, you can hear the phone call. There is a, a phone call where he eventually admits to Amber that he is that Scott Peterson. Well, she confronted him about it eventually. I, I don't think that I think he had I don't know if she confronts him or if he admits it first, because when, once once it's admitted, then she really starts hammering him. Uh huh. Yeah, like, you could but, be right. He could. But just, you told me this. Why would you tell me this? Why would you know? I mean, yeah. she really hammered it. To and him. I, well, the part I remember from that conversation is saying like, what the hell? You told me. Two weeks before your wife went missing, that she went, that that you lost her. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a coincidence, don't you think? And of course, he's got an answer for everything, and it's, you just don't understand. And I just can't really explain it right now. But there's more going on. Uh, still trying to maintain his relationship with Amber. Then we get to into January before again. Now, so at this point, it's been a, less than a month, and Lacey hasn't been found yet. And Scott puts their house up for sale. Which was a big red flag to investigators because if you know 
your wife is missing. We're hoping that she's going to be okay and come home. And you're emptying out the house and selling the house. And, you know, and that's just, that's anecdotal. You could say, well, I would never, or I would, or it makes sense to me, but it just, it just to me caught me as odd. Caught investigators as odd too. Like, mm. it's like, did he know she wasn't coming home at that point? It seems like a lot of people, and again, like you said, I mean, it's everybody can say what they will. But right. It seems like a lot of people, when a loved one goes missing that they that they truly had nothing to do with, they're they are always hopeful they're coming home past the point of even you know what I mean, like where it's reasonable, where it's even reasonable they're 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 hoping they're going to come home, right? You know, so that's it is strange that he would have done that. Yeah, and uh, and he sold her car. I think I do believe that's right. That was part of it too. He sold her car and sold the and was trying to sell the house. And then through the investigation, the police start have, start finding some forensic evidence that's concerning. Uh, one of the big ones is the anchors. Mm-hmm. So they go to his warehouse where the boat was, and they see where he'd used uh, – he'd made homemade anchors. And they did, he does that by taking a coffee can, and you take like an eyelet and then fill the can full of concrete with the eyelet in it. And then when it dries, you have yourself a, a homemade anchor. And he had – a couple of those anchors were found there. But they could see the space where he was making the anchors, and there were you could see there were there were like ring marks on a trailer where he was doing them, and they could tell that he had made like six, mm-hmm. and there was only like one or two left. That's another point of contention because they did they did find a couple anchors that he had made, but they had at some point realized or figured out that the material he used wouldn't would have made more than what he had, right. So that's where they come up with like these other ones. It, it was are two missing. things. It was the, it was the extra concrete materials uh-huh. that were unaccounted for. So they assume he could have made more. And then the other thing was, as I said, there there was like on the he was pouring them on this trailer, and it was everywhere where he was pouring one and pouring the concrete around the can. It made like a ring around it, mm-hmm. like the the dust powder, and then the condensation made little concrete rings. And there was like rings for I don't remember the number. I think it was like six, mm-hmm. where it was very obvious he had made six. Yeah. But there's only like two left. From what I know, when they confronted him about it, he said he had just poured out the extra concrete mix. Right. And at some point down the road, they there's they apparently show people where they poured it. Now, I don't know how much of that's true or not. Right. But apparently, they show people where they poured it. And then they also, in his warehouse where the boat was kept, they find a pair of pliers. I think they were in the boat. I do believe they're in the boat. A pair of pliers and there's hair pinched into the pliers and they tested for DNA and it's Lacey's hair. Now at that point, and that's where I think things got a little shifty because at that point he had also agreed that Lacey didn't know about the boat. Okay. That's my understanding that, that it was, you know, the, the dad, whoever said she didn't, that Lacey didn't know that he had it and that he had, he had maybe said that she wasn't, I don't think it was officially to police, but it had told the parents that she didn't know about that. She'd never seen the boat. Then they find this pair of pliers in the boat and her hairs in, in the pliers. And then he says, oh, well, no, she's, people had seen her there. She'd been at the marina. She'd been there. That's why the, pli- the her hair was in the pliers. But there was no getting around that. And eventually in April, uh, some, some people walking their dog in this, on San Francisco Bay find the bodies of Lacey and Connor Peterson. Now, this part, just if you're a little queasy, this is, this is pretty rough. You want to skip forward a few minutes. But it, it's but it's it, it needs to be talked about because it was so strange. So they found her body was like missing limbs mm-hmm. and and her head. Yeah, missing limbs, missing head. Which it, it had been in the ocean for it had been in San Francisco Bay for you know three and a half months, and that's another theory, what, reason why they think the anchors were used. 
because you know they had experts that said, well, it's just in the marine life like that. And if there's something tying, say, her wrists, legs, head down, then as you know, animal activity, just decomposition causes it to break. That it would break away from those things because they were still attached to the bottom with an anchor. But so her body's in bad shape. But the baby Connor's body is found right next to her, and they said like fully intact, like like looked like there was nothing wrong with him. I mean, obviously there's some decomposition there stuff, mm-hmm. but but they, they said with very little damage or decomposition at all outside of her body the baby is laying next to her mm-hmm. and so i i don't under even understand and, that and i've heard i mean again we've already said this is a pretty graphic moment but i've heard multiple reports both ways i've heard that the baby was completely unharmed and i've heard that the the baby had stuff that was wrong with you know what i mean that it was that that it had had things happen to the baby as well yeah i, I all i've ever heard was from the, that the medical examiner's report was that the baby was I mean, obviously deceased, mm-hmm. but didn't show much signs of decomposition because there was that big question of was the baby like cut out of her mm-hmm. and then killed later? Killed? There's all these questions about it. And from from what I heard, it didn't sound like that 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 it was cut out of her. Right. That, yeah. I th- I think the generally accepted theory is that through the decomposition process and animals tearing into her and things like that, as her body's washing ashore, that you know, as her stomach opened up. And the uterine line, the, the the uterus lining opened up. The baby just came out, but it just seems crazy that they end in the same spot. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I don't know, and I guess it's not worth digging into it more because it's very gross and, and graphic. But that's just like that would have had to have happened like as they were coming to shore, I would think. Otherwise, they would get separated. But for what it's worth, that's what the scene was found. And so Scott, when they find the bodies, the police issue a warrant for Scott's arrest. And he had already fled the scene. So, and that's what we talked about a little bit on the, on the show, on the episode with Dr. Scott, that he had dyed his hair. He had, I think, $15,000 worth of cash and uh, his brother's ID. It was in a car headed south trying to get to the border. Multiple pair of clothes. Right. And on top of that, a different vehicle. Right. He'd got rid of his truck Mm -hmm. and had like a red Mercedes or something. Right. So he was fleeing, and I don't even know if it had been announced that they'd found the bodies yet or if that was timing. I don't know. I'd have to go back through. Do you know that if, if, it was the, if it was announced at the news that they found her body or if it just happened to be the same time? I, I do not know. Because my, my, my feeling was always that it was just a coincidence thing, mm-hmm. that, the, that the timing worked out because they hadn't told him or, or just that he saw reports that they, somebody had found a body and he hit the body. And if that's the case, it's another big red flag. If all he knows is that a body has washed up on the shore of the San Francisco Bay and he says, oh, shit, and takes off, well, he knows that he dumped her body in the San Francisco Bay because obviously he hadn't been notified by police yet uh, what had happened. So he's fleeing. He gets picked up and, again, convicted, sentenced to death. And uh, as we mentioned in the episode, the court things that are going on right now, neither have to do – there's two things happening. Neither have to do with his innocence or guilt. One is uh, it was ruled by the California Supreme Court that the judge erred in dismissing jurors for the sentencing phase because they said they were opposed to the death penalty. And apparently they're in California. There are very strict rules on that that you. you, So when you're in like voir dire and they ask you, you know, are you opposed to the death penalty? If you say yes and they say, but 
in certain certain circumstances, if it meets the letter of the law for the death penalty, would you be willing to consider it? And if they say yes, then you have to leave them on. You can't dismiss them for that reason. And the judge did. So so what's happened now is his sentence has been overturned because of that. And they remanded it back to the lower court for resentencing. I don't know how that process shakes out. Well, I believe there was some jury misconduct they had found as well. That was the other part of it. Yeah. So, so the, as far as the sentencing thing, now that I think about it, uh, last Friday, November 6th, was supposed to be his court date, and I haven't seen any news about it. I hadn't seen any news about it either. Um, before this episode ends, I'm going to um, hit pause and look and see if anything came of that. But it was November 6th because uh, Dr. Scott and I recorded on November 5th. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be the next day, but all this election stuff going on, I kind of forgot about it. But his resentencing hearing was then. But then the other thing that's still in front of the courts is based on his, the, the entire conviction, again, not about innocence or guilt, but it was discovered that one of the jurors on his jury at his trial lied to get on the jury where they were asked, have you ever been a victim of a crime? And she said no. And then what they found out was not only had she been the victim of a crime, she was assaulted when she, while she was pregnant prior to this. And so the case that the defense is making is she lied her way onto the jury so she could convict him. And whether that's true or not, it doesn't look good. There's there are many legal minds out there that think that that may result in his conviction being overturned, mm-hmm. which if it is, then he would just be tried again at that point. But so those are the two things that are going on right now. Okay, I paused it right there just for a second. I wanted to look up that hearing. The the hearing did occur. It didn't occur on the 6th. It occurred on the 9th, just as for us this past Monday, for you two Mondays ago. I don't have time to go through this entire article, um, but the, the headline says Scott Peterson could soon be moved off death row into a county jail, and here's why. I'll just see the first couple paragraphs. Scott Peterson could soon be transferred to death row in San Quentin Prison to the jail in San Mateo County where the penalty phase and possibly his entire case will be heard again 16 years after he was convicted and sentenced to death by a jury there. During a hearing held by telephone Monday, Judge Ann Christine Masulo said, quote, I want him to have timely and full and adequate access to his counsel. I have concerns about that happening at San Quentin. So without getting into all of that, from just me scanning it real quick, there, there was not a decision made at that hearing yet. I did see somewhere there they said they have till December 14th. They gave the prosecution to file a rebuttal. And it also says that they're going to be addressing the, the actual conviction issue with the jury misconduct, too. So that's, so that's all still in the works. And with all that being said, that's kind of the basics of the case. And there's, there, there's, I mean, this is a case. There's, there's rabbit hole after rabbit hole you can go down. But Zach, you you had done some research as far as kind of the he might be innocent mm-hmm. theory. So, so what do you have? Well, and I'll start out by saying that I am on the the side that I do believe he is guilty. But just for the sake of argument, is kind of where I I track these different rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was was during the trial, the defense put together an experiment with the boat mm-hmm. to see if a person could dump a 150 pound. Uh, it was a package they had made basically right. in a, a human form to dump it overboard to see what would happen. Uh-huh. And they did it four times. And every time the boat capsized to the point that the person in the experiment was in danger a couple of times. See, that's some bullshit though. And let me tell you why. <laughs> please please do yeah I, i'm telling i mean it, it's the same thing as oh look the glove doesn't fit mm-hmm. so you must have quit you know the, these you know think about the the michael peterson you know the staircase case mm-hmm. some of the experiments or go to there's just so many t- times where a defense will be like look we tried this and it doesn't didn't work 
I was on the water rescue team and river rescue team and at the fire department and we boats that size mm-hmm. on a regular basis rolled out of them, dumped people out of them and pulled them back into there for training all the time. And never once did we capsize a boat. We'll see where the hell were you on this one. Yeah. But I'm, I'm so I'm, yeah. So you know what I mean? So it's like they can do an experiment and say that mm-hmm. I can tell you from personal experience, it is absolutely possible to dump a 150 person, pound person off of a boat like that. Without capsizing. Well, that's perfect. Unless you are a dumbass. But the point of this was they created this video with this experiment. Right. And it wasn't allowed in court. Uh Uh-huh. But they had brought the boat in and the the jurors were able to get in the boat and you could see that they were really working through. You know what I mean? They were. Right. However, it was on land. Uh Uh-huh. Which is a big difference than being in the water. Right. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, Did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. One of the other big things that kind of is weird about this, and it gets brought up several times, is the Evelyn Hernandez disappearance who is another woman who was pregnant. And see, these are the, these are the things that are interesting to me mm-hmm. more than the bullshit boats experiment. Well, trust me, I got more. I know. So, but, but all this you're about to talk about here, this, this is worth listening to. She was pregnant and washed up basically in the same area about seven months beforehand. Right. She was, a, and I, was that brought up at trial? I know it was, I've, I've read about it. I've seen it in some of the documentaries. I don't remember if it was brought up at trial. 
I don't remember if it was brought up in the trial or I, not. I think it was. I think that the defense tried to use that to tell the jury, like, look, there's this isn't the first time this happened. There was another pregnant woman about the same age that died with almost the exact same circumstance. She was she was abducted, pregnant, mm-hmm. murdered, and thrown in the San Francisco Bay. And and as far as I know, as long with that case, is it's completely unsolved. Mm-hmm. On top of that, there is multiple other women from the area. Uh, some reports say up to seven. But for sure, I mean, I, I've I've found four other reports of women. They were all pregnant uh-huh. in, in late pregnancy, eight, seven, eight months pregnant. Uh-huh. They, they were all kidnapped, abducted, murdered. Right. Within about 90 miles of Modesto. Okay. So, I mean, it's just in that a, time range, all, all within about a three year period uh, right around then. Okay. So, I mean, starting, well, so starting in 98, all the way through 2002, I believe there was one in 2003. Okay. So, I mean, that, that's like a five year window there, but. And were they all dumped in the the bay, or just these are just women that were abducted? And some some were some were abducted, killed, and found. Some were abducted and never seen again. Okay. So you know, some they weren't necessarily in the bay, but it was just a, it's a weird coincidence that multiple women, kind of fitting this, have all disappeared. Yeah. You know, though, I would I would like to see that compared to the actual crime and murder rate of you know because like if that was here mm-hmm. where we live, yeah. If in a five-year period there were seven women, seven pregnant women had gone missing, we have a serial killer on our hands. Mm-hmm. And I don't know San Francisco well, so let's say Baltimore. Now, if it was in Baltimore and in a five-year period seven pregnant women had gone missing, it wouldn't mean shit because during that period there would have been fifteen hundred murders. Mm-hmm. You know, so like if seven of them happened to be pregnant women. That's not really a pattern. And, and Modesto did seem, from everything I s- I've seen, doesn't seem like the safest area, uh-huh. regardless of how it's portrayed. I mean, there was there was robberies all the time. There was literally a robbery across the street within days, right? Possibly even the same day. Some people say that that may be part of it, right? Uh, I think the the police kind of said that it wasn't. They said it was a totally different day. But then there were some that didn't. One of them, one of them claimed that one of the other ones involved in that robbery confessed at some point. There was a weird confession where where one of them in prison while on the phone with another one said, "What are we going to do about Lacey?" And he kind of went off. You know, the guy at the other end of the right. phone was like, "Shut the hell up!" Yeah, You're that's on what the it was. Phone. It was a recorded you conversation. Need to stop talking right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. That's that's another weird rabbit hole to go down. You know, what's interesting was, as far as on the innocent side, so I think one of the hugest mistakes that the defense made was in his opening statements, Scott's attorney tells the jury, I'm going to present witnesses to you that can prove to you mm-hmm. that Lacey Peterson was alive after Scott left. Yeah. I, and I then think, never did. I think there's, the the number I've heard is about 23 different witnesses that they have sightings of Lacey walking the dog or around the neighborhood that morning which is what they say she was doing was walking the dog right because the dog came back to the house i I didn't mention that earlier but you know the dog comes wandering back to the house with the with the collar yep but like where were those witnesses some of those are new i wonder if they're all credible but there was i've seen in one of the documentaries i think it was the one on discovery id they um the attorneys is is sound like he's very confident we have multiple witnesses that are credible that saw her and if they saw her then scott's innocent Mm mm-hmm and that's tough. You know, mm-hmm. and we talk about the defense, like in the opening, we talked about this, about the cookies, the Martha Stewart thing. Right. You know, so the prosecution said, nope, that is the, that is not what aired, that it was aired the day before. And the defense actually found the episode. Right. From that day and played the clip where they're talking about the, they played it at trial. They played it. Yeah. In the opening arguments. Right. 
They played the clip of Martha Stewart talking about those cookies. And it was something like the prosecution looked at the episode but didn't watch it all the way through. Yep. Yeah, and so that was a, that was a point for Peterson for sure in the trial. Mm-hmm. But it definitely seemed to, once Amber Fry was involved with the trial, that's where it really turned for the prosecution. Right. Because up to that point, it sounded like all the jurors were kind of like, they, they don't have anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, you know, he's a bad husband, clearly. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there, it, he's clearly having an affair. That was, that was there. But up until you, you heard those audio tapes of him just right. lying through his teeth. Can you imagine being on the jury and hearing the tape of that call? And if you haven't heard it, you, you can find it online. The call he made to Amber Fry during Lacey's candlelight mm-hmm. vigil is, I don't know how a juror would ever get past that. Yeah, I don't know either. And that's why if, if he gets a new trial, innocent or guilty, I think he'll be convicted again. I don't see how anyone can get around that. You know what I mean? As far as this guy's claiming he didn't kill his wife, but like, look how he's acting Yeah, that while she's missing. That's really tough. And he's laying groundwork for a continued relationship with a woman when supposedly he's hoping his wife comes home. Yeah. It's like, like again, there's many things to me as I'm looking at his behavior where it's like he's, he's very obviously leaking out the fact that he knows she's not coming home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I have to agree. And, and it's really strange because I don't know. He's either an evil genius or just like the dumbest guy ever. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. to, to lay this out, he's either he's got to be a genius to lay this out the way it felt, or he's just the dumbest guy ever. And, and it, he really thought that this was going to get away. I'm excited for you to be able to listen to the episode that dropped five days ago for the rest of the audience that drops next week for you. Well, good. Uh, because uh, Dr. Scott, I mean, uh, spoiler for you, not for the audience. Like he said, he's in his professional opinion, he's a psychopath. Like we talked about the, because you know, I was like, why? Why would he use? Like if he needed to call Amber, mm-hmm. why then? Why not wait till later? And he really explained it like to, in a way that made sense. It's like, first of all, you're not going to know why because he's a psychopath. His brain doesn't work the same way yours works. But also, he's like, there's like his his situation of being with this normal guy in a normal family with a baby on the way. He was miserable in that. He couldn't stand that normalcy. And so part of the reason he'd have these affairs and other relationship is because like that's how he like goes into his fantasy world. That's how he like gets away from these things he's uncomfortable with. And he's, you know, he's he basically said so he's at this candlelight vigil where everybody, you know, now Dr. Scott believes very much that he's guilty and that he is a psychopath. So so in in this scenario, Scott knows he has murdered his wife. And he's at this vigil with all these people wanting to talk to him and everybody praying and having this candlelight vigil, vigil, hoping his wife comes home when he knows she's murdered. Like he, he just, he can't handle the reality. Mm-hmm. So he's like, he, there's a compulsion that he had to go into his fantasy world. Yeah. He had to make that call to get back into his fantasy world so he could unplug from reality. Even, I mean, that, that makes sense even on the other side of that scenario. Even if he didn't kill Lacey. Right. To stop in the middle of that to mm-hmm. do that. I mean, that makes sense on that side too. Right. I mean, he, the guy's, I, no, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough. He's definitely a psychopath. I mean, that's, that's pretty easy to say. Right. You know, it's weird though, because there's, you know, we talk about like the trial and how they found him guilty. And, you know, basically they found him guilty with very little physical evidence. Right. And there was even, there was even some evidence that threw the prosecution for a loop because they weren't ready for it. Mm hmm. There was computer evidence. I mean, there was there was timing on the computer. You know, they their theory was Lacey was murdered the night of the twenty third, mm-hmm. and then was disposed of the twenty fourth. 
and they found activity on her computer from that morning. Right. Where they literally had to like in the mid trial completely reformulate their theory. what their theory was. Right. So it's, you know, I mean, again, I think he did it, but it's a, it's well, a strange thing. Well, I don't see, and we need to wrap this up or Mike's going to kill us um, because he's got a lot of editing to do in the next 12 hours. <laughs> um, but when they talk about the other one, if they are able to present these other witnesses that say they saw Lacey alive during that day, I still don't see how that necessarily exonerates Scott. Yeah. You know, so what if they saw her alive at 11 o'clock? What if he came at noon and grabbed her? You know, I, and I, there's more. Obviously, I haven't read this case file. You know, I've read articles and read blogs and watched documentaries is what I know about. this. Well, and I think some of that has to do with that. They knew when he was at work. Right. And I think that that's part he of it. He didn't work was. that day. I thought it was Christmas Eve. He was out fishing. He was he went into the warehouse and there was a, there was com, there was computer activity at the warehouse of okay. things he was doing there. And they, I believe there was a witness that was there like he had okay. talked to his boss or something. You know, so there, that's where the timing comes in is there's, there's some timing issues of if she wasn't murdered at a certain time. Then he's innocent. Then he's, well, could be innocent. Or how did he do it if it wasn't, you know? Right. So speaking of, uh, of some of that, so, you know, the, the big purpose behind this season uh, going through these cases is to introduce you to cases, to, you know, not get super in-depth, but enough that if you're interested and point you the direction of places where you can get more information on them. Uh, which is why we have these other content creators come on that you get to know them, get to know their podcasts. In this case, uh, Dr. Scott really brought him on. They did cover this case on his podcast, which you can go check it out in L.A. Not So Confidential. But they don't in-depth cover his case. I wanted to talk to him because I'm super fascinated by the psychological behavior. Uh, but, Zach, in your research, are there any other, before we wrap this up, any other podcasts about this that you would recommend for our listeners to check out? If you are interested in the alternative theories, the ones that I kind of presented mm-hmm. today, Crime Junkies did a two-part series okay. on it that's, that's a lot more of the alternative side. Right. With that being said, there is definitely things in those podcasts that I've seen in other documentaries that uh-huh. I, I can't say are blatantly wrong, but are very different from other things you've heard. Okay. So you have to form your own opinion. But that, I definitely did listen to both parts of that Crime Junkies one to get some of these alternative theories. Okay. So as a matter of fact, I think Crime Junkies was one. Um, I can't remember the name of the host off the top of my head. Female. Ashley, Ashley, Ashley Flowers. And- Ashley Flowers. Yeah. So I, I did actually reach out to Ashley and see if she wanted to come on because I was kind of thinking about doing a two parter mm-hmm. uh, with to have the psychological by Dr. Scott and then have Ashley come on to talk about the other side of it. But she said that she just it had been too long since she'd done the case. She wasn't prepared to do it and didn't have time. But so some of our listeners suggested that, too. So for more information on the case, definitely check out L.A. Not So Confidential. The couple episodes they did on it, check out Crime Junkies. There's a bunch of other other uh, podcasts out there that have covered it. And TV shows. Yeah. There's the one, um, Discovery ID had a show that was a one-parter, and then there was, was it called The Murder of Lacey Peterson? There was- The, the one-parter was, it's called like American Murder. Right. And it's a Scott, it's called like American Murder, Scott Peterson. And right. then the, the, there's like a six-parter that was like The Murder of Lacey Peterson. And that was, I think, A&E. But I, I do believe that's Whatever A&E. it is, it's on Hulu. I know that. It is on Hulu. Um, I watched it when it came out. So there's some places you can go to get some more information about this case. There's a lot more to it than we're going to share with you right now. And again, sorry about the kind of the structure and organization with this. We're just, we're, as we have to do and we have to double up, we're cranking and cranking and cranking episodes out. So um, trying to keep our brains screwed on straight. And in two days on Sunday, we have Ash and Elena from the Crime Countdown podcast talking about the JFK assassination on November 22nd, which is the 57th anniversary of the assassination of JFK. So make sure you check that out.
Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Produced and edited by Mike Bussing, and all music for the show was created and composed by PutThemInASong.com. Our follow-up logo was created by Zach Weaver, and all of our font across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, Truth and Justice Pod, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. Thank you to our transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Charlena White, Kay Wood Yamnick, Ginger Fiola, Edith Swanneck, Lindsay Pease, and Jen Reese in Candela. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in a number of ways. To financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. On the Patreon page, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we also have reward levels. For just $5 per month, you get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes and behind-the-scenes videos of the creation of our Friday follow-up episodes that include 10 to 30 minutes of pre-show bonus chat. Other reward levels include t-shirts, hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. Just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the companies that sponsor this program. If you have a new case you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is to engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. For all of you tweeters, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. To follow our personal accounts on social media, I can be found at Bob Ruff Truth. Mike can be found at Murb Gaming, M-U-R-R-B-G-A-M-I-N-G. And Zach can be found at Z to the Q. And don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, and tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. I'm Zach Weaver. And I'm Mike Bussing. This has been Truth and Justice. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. 
Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.